Good morning, doctor. We're going to be talking today about a patient scenario. Answer the questions as you would in your normal clinical practice. There are no trick questions here. Just answer the questions as you see most appropriate. All right, doctor, let's talk about another patient. You're back in your office and you've been referred a nice 43-year-old woman with a history of chronic heartburn. She complains of mild dysphagia, cough, especially worse at night. She has been on and off numerous antiacid medications for the last 10 years, and she still has persistent symptoms. She's coming for you to discuss other options. I think with the, uh, with the intractability, long-term history of symptoms that you're telling me about, I think you gave me enough from her history that I'm satisfied with my uh, history taking. After a physical exam, I will proceed with, I'll proceed with my workup I'll make sure I start to by sending the patient to for an uh, upper EGD uh, to uh, rule out any um, any obstructing masses. I'll take biopsies at the same time to rule out uh, HPOT, take random antral biopsies or biopsies of any ulcers. And uh, I'll also proceed with a, um, if these findings are negative, I'll proceed with a 24 hour pH monitoring to uh, confirm my diagnosis of uh, presence or absence of gastroesophageal reflux disease. Okay. So on exam, are there any specific areas which you'd like to focus on? I'll make sure to auscultate the chest on both sides. Um, this also can give me an, an idea if I have a herniation of stomach or a hiatal hernia with if I have any gurgling sounds in the chest. Um, you said she has um, respiratory complaints, which could be atypical complaints of GERD. So I can also do a throat exam and chest auscultation, like I said. Are there any red flag symptoms which you would like to specifically ask her about? Of course. I would ask her if she's had any uh, significant weight loss in the past, if she has any B symptoms, if she has any night sweats. We'll also ask her if she has any family history of uh, other malignancies related to the foregut, esophageal cancer, gastric cancer in her family as well. Um, in my history, I'll ask if she has a history of smoking, if she has a history of alcohol use, if she takes any medications, chronic NSAID use, is also included in my history. Okay. So uh, you end up doing some blood work and everything relatively is normal. You perform an upper endoscopy. You said you were looking for a hiatal hernia. There's mm -hmm. not. There is some mild gastritis. You do take biopsies. There are no polyps. There's no evidence of any ulcers or masses. The biopsies come back positive for H. pylori. What regimen would you put her on? So the patient on a uh, triple on triple therapy. I'll give her a full dose PPI uh, as, uh, along with a amoxicillin and erythromycin. So how long would you treat her for? I'll treat the patient for four weeks on her triple therapy. Okay. So you treat the patient, she comes back to your office and you do repeat confirmatory studies and you find that she has cleared her H. pylori. Mm -hmm. She's still having significant acid reflux symptoms. What's your next course of testing or treatment? Can I get a 24 hour pH monitoring test? Okay. So you, you perform a 20 HP, 24 hour pH monitoring and you find that she has high acid exposure in the distal esophagus. Her Demeester score is 25. 
does confirm a diagnosis of GERD for me. And uh, with her intractable symptoms, you said she's not on any NSAIDs and doesn't smoke. I can't make any further lifestyle changes. I can proceed with an uh, with an upper GI. I think this will also help me uh, take a look at more with the higher sensitivity rule out any smaller hiatal hernias that I've missed on the EGD. Okay, you perform an upper GI series, which does confirm that there is reflux into the distal esophagus and no, no other significant changes. Okay, um, I'll counsel the patient that with the intractability and the significance of her disease, uh, I think surgical repair uh, would be our next step. What is the operation that you'd like to offer her and please describe the steps. I'll offer the patient a laparoscopic uh, Nissen fundoplication. Um, my steps will include placing the patient in the supine position, establishing pneumoperitoneum. I'll start by identifying my uh, my right cruise, dissecting the, the right side of the uh, of the GE junction. Make sure that I can take down my short gastrics and I dissect the left side until I can identify my left cruise on the other side. Um, I'll make sure to identify the vagus and if I can preserve these in my dissection. In my interthoracic dissection, I need to take down any uh, any attachments to make sure I have two centimeter mobility of the esophagus down and intraabdominally. Then I'll take the fundus and I'll do a 360 degree uh, wrap, uh, suture that in place, and that'll be conclusion of my repair. Would you do any confirmatory testing at the conclusion of the operation, or would you do anything to ensure that the wrap is adequate? I think um, as long as I can uh, pass an instrument through the uh, through the hiatus, that would be satisfactory for me that that my wrap is not too tight. And then the um, fund application itself, would you do anything to confirm or test that? I would do an upper GI postoperatively to to confirm the, um, the that my uh, wrap is not too tight. Okay, very good. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. All right, Dr. Stein, a topic near and dear to my heart, acid reflux. I think Dr. Shuker was ready to get going on the case, but he didn't go back and ask the red flag symptoms he needed to be prompted to, to do so. Yes, I think in any oral board scenario, you could be efficient, but you need to ask about the patient's history and make sure you capture all of the pertinent information. In terms of workup, how do you think he did? I think he did well. I think a manometry completes the trifecta that he had. I think manometry, upper GI, the EGD, pH monitoring are all important and they all need to be done. He got to the case and I think he was in some ways trying to go through it efficiently, but he missed a couple steps like describing the retroesophageal mobilization. Anything else you think he missed? Well, he didn't slide a bougie in to protect the wrap. That he would do helped. a post-op EGD as well to confirm. I think one of the things also that is noticeable are many of the examinees tend to get bogged down in superfluous details of the case. On the oral boards, you don't need to describe the size of the scalpel blade in terms of there is no need to take a 15 blade and I made an incision you can get right to the key components of the case. Indeed. I think he got his way through it. He passed. I think polish could, could have been better. All right, well, we'll have him buffed up for the next one. I'd like to use this scenario to talk about foregut testing, which is a very muddled topic 
When you want to be super safe and thorough on your board exams, when you're faced with a foregut question, you should always consider these studies. And I'm going to go through them one at a time and tell you which ones are super useful and which ones are less useful. We'll start with our basics, abdominal x-ray and chest x-ray. Typically with foregut cases, unless you have a massive hiatal hernia, which will be visible on chest x-ray, these are not extremely useful. You can get them, but that's up to you. The second test that people tend to go for is a CT scan. CT scans are okay. They will let you see small, moderate, and large hiatal hernias, but they really tell you nothing about the function of the foregut. So CT scan, in my opinion, is not a critical test for foregut cases. Next, we're gonna move on to the four absolutely critical tests that I think you should order anytime you're dealing with a foregut patient. They are EGD, upper GI series, manometry, and pH testing. If you get these four tests on every foregut question, you will get all the critical information and you won't make any mistakes. So one at a time, upper endoscopy or EGD, always ask for biopsies, including H. pylori, if you need to treat for H. pylori, the treatment is triple therapy for two weeks with a confirmatory test of eradication afterwards. EGDs also can show you marginal ulcers or gastric ulcers or gastritis or anything else, masses or strictures. So it's a critical test. The next test is an upper GI series where someone swallows contrast. This is a very good test for actually documenting reflux because you will see the contrast refluxing back into the esophagus. It is also very good for diagnosing hiatal hernias because you will actually see the diaphragm and you'll be able to see whether or not there is fundus or part of the stomach that is above the level of the diaphragm. So an upper GI is oftentimes more useful than a CT scan. Thirdly is manometry. And this will help you keep yourself out of trouble in the OR. When you do your manometry, you'll get several data points, but the basic gist of it is you want to know if the esophagus has good peristalsis and you want to know what the sphincter pressures are. If the esophagus contracts normally and the sphincter pressures are normal, then you're fine to do a 360 degree wrap or a Nissen when you're doing your operation. If there is something funny like the lower sphincter pressures are high or there is poor peristalsis, then you want to go with a partial wrap, 270 degree wrap on your case. When you're doing your operation, especially if you're doing a Nissen, you want to make sure that you're wrapping intraop around a bougie of a certain caliber, 54 or 60 French, just to make sure that you have a wrap that is not too tight. So that's one of the things that they can get you with post-operative dysphagia. And finally, pH testing typically is done at the time of the EGD using a probe that is left in the distal esophagus. You will basically either get presence of reflux or not, or they'll give you a number, something called a Demeester score. Your key number is 14. If the number is above 14, then that confirms reflux, and you have to do some type of wrap procedure. If it's under 14, the problem is unlikely to be reflux, so you may need to look somewhere else. But those are the critical tests for foregut cases, EGD, upper GI, manometry, and pH testing. Music